and Alan got in a, uh, a situation with a, uh, a landowner around imminent domain. Conversations were had, and uh, the landowner pulled a gun on Alan. Interesting. Compelling event. That'd, so, be, a, that'd be an event. Yeah, yeah we, 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 call, we call that an event. Yeah. And so Al said, well, there's got to be a better way. Like, yeah. Nobody knew where I was. Nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody knew where I was going. There's got to be a better way. The Highly Capable Podcast by Galtway Industries is the premier podcast for first-hand accounts of the manufacturing and supply chain spaces told by highly capable, accomplished, and proficient people. Exploring all types of personalities and industries, our goal is to highlight the people who have risen to the top of their space and try to identify what sets them apart. If you have any questions, nominations, or suggestions, please reach out to us on the Highly Capable Podcast page on LinkedIn or at podcast at galtwayindustries.com. The Highly Capable Podcast by Galtway Industries is proudly sponsored by the following companies. Visit galtwayindustries.com for more information. Lucchini Mamey Forge, the largest steel mill and most competent forging company in Italy, producing turnkey open die steel forgings from three to 35 tons and some of the largest steel castings in the world, up to 300 tons. POK Foundry, a Nucor company based in Guadalajara, Mexico, a turnkey precision sand and investment casting producer with over 125 years in the industry, producing steel castings from one to 12,000 pounds. S&S Industries, a Houston-based coating and plating solutions company that delivers best-in-class quality and service to increase the durability of oil field, power generation, power transmission, and automotive equipment. Express Bolt and Gasket, the premier provider of fastener solutions in Texas. Express has over 90,000 square feet of warehouse space for imports, as well as in-house manufacturing of fasteners, gaskets, studs, and bolts. Certified to API Q1 and 20E with unmatched quality and customer service. Oklahoma Forge. Forged steel rings rolled the right way, fast, on time, and with the utmost integrity. Oklahoma Forge also produces open die forgings quoted the same day with an average delivery time of less than two weeks and over 97% on time. Riganti Forge. One of Europe's leading closed die forging companies with turnkey capabilities since 1891. Any grade of steel from 33 to 3,300 pounds produced for industries such as oil and gas, transportation, mining, power generation, and many others. Marmon Inc., one of North America's largest and most capable manufacturing partners with unmatched machining, fabrication, assembly, and project management capabilities for the oil and gas, mining, power gen, infrastructure, maritime, and wind industries. Marmon delivers more than parts. We deliver manufacturing solutions. Visit GaltwayIndustries.com for more information. Welcome to the Highly Capable Podcast by Galway Industries. We are in the Fletcher Azul Tequila Studio once again. Uh, it's just me this time. I don't have a co-host, so I'm actually going to dive right in. I've got, I've got one person here that I've known for a while great guy and, and a, a new friend here. I have Jeff Bettiger and Cam Barrett here. They're with Field Safe Solutions. Uh, we're going to spend today talking about who they are, how they got here, and, and what they're trying to accomplish. So 
Jeff, I'll start with you. I've, I've known you for a while. You're a known quantity, so I, this is the easy part. I appreciate it. How Frank. are you? I'm doing fantastic, Frank. Thanks. Now you're from you're you're in the Dallas area, right? I'm in the Dallas area, yes, sir. Cam, you're a little further north. A L- little further north, up up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Calgary. So Dallas, you know, for us Houstonians, is essentially halfway there, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. We're, we're not geography majors, but um, <laughs> so thank you guys for coming down to Houston. Um, we're going to start off with you know a little bit of your backgrounds again. Jeff, we'll start with you, and then we'll we'll pivot over to Cam, and then see where we go from there. So yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, Frank, th- thanks for having us uh, again. Uh, I spent the last 18 years with Slumberjay uh, in a number of capacities, everything from sales, business development, operations, management, and most recently uh, uh, in the OFS roles. So covering all the product lines for Slumberjay for a number of clients across Dallas, Fort Worth, and Tyler, San Antonio, Austin. And uh, had the privilege of running a pretty good-sized team there. Uh, but uh, after part of that time was nine years in the software division. So, uh, And then prior to that, I was a vendor to Slumberjay for uh, a number of years and actually was the first person I put to work for Slumberjay started in their safety uh, application that they've been using for ever since, which is kind of cool. You got that surrounded then. Got a little bit surrounded. So uh, excited about the new foray with uh, with FieldSafe. Uh, it's a fantastic organization that Cam and the crew in Canada have started. And I'm the first member in the, the U.S. operations and sales Employee team. Employee one of the U.S. Uh, yes, sir. And so it's a fantastic opportunity for me to get back to my technology roots. And uh, you know, I looked at some of the uh, other opportunities before joining FieldSafe. This felt right for the things that FieldSafe's doing right in the safety space. And the team's right, the people are right, and we're addressing some considerable concerns in the safety space. We're excited I, about it. I guess, so you you had a software role at Big Blue, and then you, you moved into more of the, the physical product and, and services kind of? But I, we had physical product and service, but I also had the software space. So the the way that role works is you represent all the product lines and all the and, and capabilities at the senior level for the for your accounts, and then you help facilitate the discussions and drive the overall behavior with that account. Right. So that so, probably helps you have kind of a three hundred sixty degree view of what your current customers are trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Right. right. So allowed us to look at both safety environmental, uh, vendor management, uh, quality, and, and and some of the pitfalls that all of those fit. Uh, very blessed to be with Slumberjay for, for as long as I uh, was able to do it. And like a lot of other folks, the COVID uh, pandemic kind of adjusted the, the market size, which we all know. And, it's been a whale of a year. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I look at it as a fantastic opportunity for me to, to join a great organization. And it uh, opened the door for me to meet Cam and uh, – I guess 90 days in, it's been a fantastic uh, partnership. So excited about the future. So does FieldSafe have a current U.S. customer base or is that all on your shoulders? We have a couple. Uh, US, a couple we've got a couple of entries, okay. uh, mainly uh, customers that have pulled us from Canada into the U.S., which has uh, been fantastic. We've got a number of uh, uh, fantastic starting points, I would say, with some new clients here. And uh, this will be a very interesting space to watch where we're, we're going to catapult this organization quite a bit. And yeah, we'll uh, have we're to, excited about it. We'll have to bring you guys back when it's, uh, you know, U.S. Territory 2.0 and, you, you know, you've got a good foothold in here, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're poised to expand. Uh, we're adding an employee here next week, in fact, a uh, second one. And then there's several coming behind that. So, if you're interested, please call me. And uh, so a plug for, for good people. Um, and then uh, why don't we hand it off to Cam. And- yeah. 
so Cam, I, I I did look at your LinkedIn profile. There's there's a lot to take in there. I I didn't do any deep dives, but I, your your card has a couple different titles on it. You're obviously uh, president CEO of, of Field Safe Solutions. How did you get to this seat here? Yeah, no. So it's uh, first of all, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks thanks for hosting us today, Frank. You know, my my career has been been technology technology sales for the last last twenty plus years, and uh, with with some large organizations that, that service the enterprise very, very well. And, um, you know, with increasing management responsibilities, um, came an opportunity to, to not only lead, uh, divisions and, and parts of countries and countries, but now, you know, has culminated in a, in a role as, as CEO. And, you know, really as, as, as I look back, um, you know, the, the, the one thing that that's constant is we've continued to drive, innovation uh with technology as an enable, an enabler uh for our clients and uh fieldsafe was was the natural uh opportunity for for me to do just that in a in a space that we all have a lot of passion about which is with this, which is health and safety do you have a law degree did i see that yeah so that's a pivot i, I get bored a lot right <laughs> so that's kind of my thing so and 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 to be fair you know when you having increasing roles um, and, and living in, in Calgary, the market size in, in Calgary is, is only one, one small part of a, a North American market. So I spent a lot of time on airplanes mm. and, um, I remember that. so there, there's a couple of choices when you're on an airplane, right? You, you can sleep, you, you can read mm. and I chose to read. And so, um, yeah, well, I was, uh, um, you know, running a, running a country and a third of a continent for computer sciences corporation. Uh, I, I picked up a law degree along the way and, um, you know, really having, uh, uh, the ability to do that was picked was, up a law great. degree on the way like, as if it's groceries. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, of continuous education, continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try uh, to learn just, all the time. I just can't stay on one track. That's yeah. My problem. Well, Hey, <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 uh, useless it's, bag it's a, of facts up here. That's yeah. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and Hey, listen, I, I could tell you that the 14th hole at Augusta is the only one without a, without a bunker on it too. So I got some useless, now I have another useless fact. facts, right. But, but, um, in all seriousness, uh, you know, we're, we're a continued growth organization and as, as a, as a leader of the organization, uh, I need to expunge the values that I, that I expected of our people. So are you from Calgary? Uh, originally from Winnipeg, Winnipeg right? Yeah. So cold, cold there, cold mm-hmm. there right now, not cold here. So, so happy to be here. Should have been here a couple of weeks and, ago. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, we saw, we saw, right? Uh, the world saw. But no, I've spent the last uh, last twenty plus years uh, calling Calgary home, and uh, it's a great, great city with uh, tremendous, tremendous people, tremendous, tremendous entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit, and and that's what uh, that's what I love about the city, the resilience of the city, uh, and and you know, very, very uh, strong parallels to uh, obviously the uh, the Texas. Uh, landscape and, and thrilled to be here. We feel like home when we go up there. You know, we 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 went at least before this to the Global Petroleum Show every year. Calgary and Alberta is like North Texas, so you know everybody's very nice up there. They know the drill, literally. Um, and uh, yeah, so so welcome to to Calgary South, I guess. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 great to be here. Um, we're firmly committed to this this region, led by led by Jeff, who will run all of our our U.S. sales. Um, and, and, you know, really, this was the natural evolution for our company, right? And we always knew this was the target. Um, we were uh, moments away from signing a lease 
on about March the 12th of 2020. Close one. Close one. Close one. <laughs> and, and, and not that we didn't believe in the region at that time, but we firmly believed that it was really important to be in the region with the new leadership team. And so the commitment that I made to the board uh, when we made the decision to invest uh, in, in, in Houston and in, in Dallas was that I would be here every second week. And so as soon as it became apparent that that was going to be very, very difficult for an extended period of time, we just, we just tapped the, the pause button, um, reset the organization for 2020, uh, grew our business uh, 230% year over year into a global pandemic, and then launched um, back here into, uh, into Texas in, in uh, the latter part of, of 2020, and uh, just thrilled to be here. Yeah, so that's you know th those are some big moves for a time when most companies are are just trying to survive and make it. You guys are actually growing, and and you put in Jeff, and you've, you've got a strategy. So let me let me back up a little bit. So Field Safe, what is your core business? What what do you do? Yeah. We digitally transform the at risk worker safety experience. That's what we do. So let me break that down for you. These are people who work in the field wearing yellow vests, wearing hard hats, taking on hazardous or high-risk tasks each and every day. And we believe very strongly we have, we have a, a mission and, 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 a, and, a, and an obligation to do everything we can to keep those people safe. And that's a big deal. You know, so I, I, safety has always been everyone's number one priority, right? Um, the level of, of seriousness I've found that differs company to company. Um, but... A lot of people, especially in the oil and gas space, you know, being that we're in Houston and Calgary, ESG has been the topic, at least for the past few years. Um, and it, it's almost as right now, if a company's not leaning into that pretty hard, they're almost missing the boat already. And so safety, if you have a digital solution to, you can check off some boxes for ESG, I think that that's a huge growth potential there. Yeah. So let, let's talk about ESG for a while. And so the small S in ESG is safety. The big yeah. S is social. We get that. So now let's, let's talk about uh, the top of the organization and the investor community. The investor community, there are funds that will pull out of energy companies and companies that do not do the right things around ESG in the next 6 to 12 months en masse because of uh, the lack of awareness of ESG. So this is a board conversation, which means, like myself, many other CEOs are sitting around saying, okay, how are we best going to address this? And, and, and what are some, the tangible things that we what are the can tangible do things, right? and, and will do? And what you'll, what you'll hear in the press clippings from, from some of those leaders is, well, by 2030, we'll be at this level, or by 2040, we'll be at this level. And FieldSafe says, that, that's great. We think that's 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 on the right track, but what can we do in the next six months? And so uh, as we look at the elimination of paper, right? As we look at the, the, the reduction of, of CO2 emissions, these are things that our platform helps with immediately, right? Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, the paper-based forms across a thousand person organization, if we can eliminate that over a 12 month period, we save 238 trees. That is a fact. That's that's tangible. Right. We can count that. And Jeff, you, you come from Summer's Day. How many forms uh, were you aware of? Uh, 
too many to count. Not to dig on Paper Day. We all <laughs> too, have Too paper. many to count. Fantastic organization, but pa paper, digital, uh, app fatigue. There's a lot of components that, to, to, to unpack in that, com in that comment. Uh, but, you know, if you look at paper, carving. Uh, Even traceability. Right? You know, Tra a lot traceability. Of lost. You know, There's the, no the way key, to analyze that. One of the key part is getting the data from the field. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's great to say, hey, from a corporate reporting, we have all these great initiatives, but you still got to get the information from somewhere. Right. So what excited me about FieldSafe and the things we're doing is you're putting it on the onus on the field in an easy to use platform so you can actually get that information and start making real decisions. So you leveraging things like uh, uh, operate by priority, uh, the ability to maximize your field staff's time to be able to cut out uh unwanted trips, right? It's one thing to say, is it a safe trip? It's another thing to say, was it a necessary trip and did we actually accomplish what we need to do? And by leveraging digital, we're able to quantify and help articulate that message back and be able to help build those analytics to and drive those drive the, the algorithms and those analytics capabilities, right? Um, which is where I think from my experience, most organizations fall on that piece. It's like, yeah, I have a great program, but I don't have data. Right. So you're making dated decisions on garbage less than I – Yeah, exactly. Excellent. So it's a mobile platform so that, you know, the, the boots on the ground can, can implement or whatever safety protocols and things that, that are being, they're being governed by or, you know, what's the, what's the actual tangible thing that, that the, the guy in the rig is going to be doing? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great question. So we're a mobile application. Right, uh, our platform is downloaded from your favorite app store, directly onto your favorite mobile device that you use to call your kids and text your wife. This and is, make TikTok videos. This is Jeff. this is the platform, right? <laughs> this is the platform, and so uh, a unique differentiator uh, of our platform was, is we're an enterprise platform. So we work with ten Fortune one thousands right now as as a, as a growth organization, and we've made the bet on the enterprise with a secure, stable, scalable platform. So we're, seven, we're a seven-year-old company with nearly 20,000 users on our cloud-based platform. So as, as we work with the largest organizations in the world, we actually operate on any device. We're device agnostic. Android, iOS, Windows, Class 1, Div 1, Class 1, Div 2, Panasonic Toughbooks, you name it, our platform operates. That's a unique differentiator, right? So it's really easy to build a platform on a single uh, technology instance. It's much more difficult to maintain and support that platform across multiple instances. But if you're going to play in the enterprise, right, when the bring your own device strategy changes or there's an M&A event, you don't want the safety professional to have to go out and buy yet another safety platform and, and try to integrate that across the enterprise. So... Uh that's a good point. So, you know, I know that every different platform that that um, that your software runs on, that it's a different set of resources you have to point towards to make sure that those things communicate differently, right? Is that something, or that communicate the same to each other? Is that something that a lot of your competition does, or, or is that a unique thing for for what you guys are trying to do? I mean, is that a how often is that a problem? Yeah, right? the market tells us it's very unique, right? Yeah. So. Um, the market speaks uh, with their dollar bills and, and the market, the market has spoken that that's a unique differentiator. The second thing that, that differentiates us 
is it's really easy to build a platform uh, that operates in downtown Houston with five bars of cellular service. Uh, our platform is unique in that we operate in offline mode. Which, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to West Texas, I'm sure you have, but there's there's not much out there. There, so there, 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 is, there is not a lot out there. And Dakotas, and, right? Yeah, and, and so really what we've done is we've taken what the field wanted, listened to them, and then built our platform. And, and we'd like to say it was built by the field for the field because it was built in conjunction with our clients to understand their needs, what they require in order to move forward with this digital transformation. Now, we all know COVID has accelerated that transformation a great deal. Some analysts will say between 24 and 36 months. That's fantastic. We all trust digital more. We're all sitting on Zoom calls. and We're forced into it. We're forced into it. There's no other option. So now, how do we take the digital growth opportunity and make it easy for the field worker? And if you can combine those two things, you will get market adoption. Organizations will invest along with you. I've been part of a, a couple of new software rollouts. Um, and one of the things I noticed was, especially if you have this many users, you have to account for everybody's level of, of technological competence, right? So I'm assuming part of the reason for your growth is you've made it, like you said, fairly easy for everybody out in the field to, to capture their data, right? So, you know, one of our uh, key differentiators back again is ease of use, right? I mean, it's really written for an eighth grade educational level, which depending on the, the service company or the organization you're with, you may have some that are <laughs> less uh, technology savvy. Right. You also have the issue of generational cons- considerations, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as tech savvy as maybe Frank might be, but the, the Xennial that's coming in has grown up that this is all they've ever seen. Right. So we need to have make uh, the, the platform's built such that, that it transcends all of those uh, generational things, which makes it easy for them to be able to give you that data back when you're keeping them safe because now they're using it on a consistent basis. And two, they're giving you the information because the ability to get the info into the platform is so much easier than what we've seen in others, right? Because if it's hard, you can't really rely that that's accurate data a lot of the time. You know, people find a way to to just get it off their list of things to do and, and move on, right? Think about think about paper today, right? I mean, it's it's you get incomplete data back from forms or, hey, I didn't turn it in and somebody's sitting at their kitchen counter filling it out with their dinner instead of at the field where you're not capturing the real information, um, which GPS coordinates and date stamps and who actually signed off on it, all of that matters. So if you think about an investigation or an, or an incident, Let's get the information then, not 24 hours later where we're trying to recreate it. Let's start capturing pictures. Let's start capturing location, temperature data, whatever the unique circumstances are, we can triangulate it by getting the data then as opposed to recreating down the road. So that's – I want like an example, right? An example would be a a safety incident, right? So how would they use your – you said you can capture – GPS coordinates, time. You know. Right. So if you look at uh, a near miss, as an example, miss, would sure. be a great one, right? So you're driving point, from point A to point B. You avoided a large animal. You're trying to say, hey, I'm okay. The equipment is okay. Uh, and being able to capture that at that time of situation. We have the ability to automate the workflow that says, hey, I was driving. My boss needs to know that I had a potential near miss. But 
because of vehicles involved, I need to notify the safety professionals and the fleet manager that there was a potential incident. And today in most organizations, you capture that and you hope you email it to the right people and that the individual didn't change roles and that they're right. Just think about the broken workflow. By automating it on the backside, Joe in the field doesn't have to know who all those players are. They're automatically notified when that incident happened and it goes to everybody at the same time. So depending on the severity of it, so say you did have a catastrophic event, you may only want certain individuals to know that that catastrophic event happened instead of cascading it. So we have the ability to prioritize that notifications as well as incorporate more people in the organization where it's a automated process as opposed to a manual one, which is, means people are going to get missed, feelings are going to get hurt, <laughs> or a process or the workflow is going to be broken because you miss somebody, right? So I'm almost afraid to ask because we may not have time, but... What are all the applications for what you guys can do? You know, I understand. Okay, we have we can log safety instances. Um, you know, we can we can down near misses versus catastrophic events. Like, what what's the palette of of what we're doing dealing with with you guys? Yeah, it's it's, it's great, and and so you know, as a, as a safety organization, we want to make sure that we um, we have an easy to use platform uh, that's focused on safety and focused on the field worker that does a lot of things in one place thus avoiding app fatigue, right? App fatigue is a real thing. App fatigue. I, yeah. I, I, if I got to do six things in seven different places, I am going to make your software what we call riverware. Riverware. Right? I'm going to throw it directly in some great river. new terms. I, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like no, I know listen, exactly what you're talking about. Stick with me, about. man. I, I got him. I got him. But, um, <laughs> you, you do marketing too? <laughs> no, no, not well. Not well, apparently. Um, we have professionals for that. Um, so listen, we're going we're gonna to keep your workers safe. We're going to track where they are. We're going to get rid of the big white, white binder that's covered in mustard that sits in the backseat, <laughs> right, that nobody reads, that isn't updated with current information. And then we're going to get rid of the clipboard. We're going to get rid of the clipboard by getting timely, accurate, and structured data from the field to home office. We talked about near-miss forms, but let's go into vehicle inspections. We have over 200 forms in our library uh, that belong to all of our clients. And, and we also have the ability for, to, to create forms for clients uh, on a customized basis. Um, uh, without without uh, uh, difficulty, and then and finally, we're going to keep all the credentials of the individual, right, right inside what we call a ticket wallet. And so, if somebody gets to site, and uh, for example, uh, needs to share that information with another individual, we give them the opportunity to do that directly directly out of the platform. And when we combine all of those technologies, you know, we start to take on some of those ESG initiatives, driving uh, carbon emissions down, uh, reducing paper. Then we also start to get into some very, very interesting opportunities around what we'll call the Internet of Behaviors. And so, hey, so right? One. See, there, there you go. And Gardner would say this is a top three, uh, top three initiative for 2021-2022. So let me, let me just give you an example of that. So today, if you were a field worker, uh, one of 300, you might get an email from your organization at 530 in the morning saying, don't forget your paperwork. Well, that's, that's about as, as effective as sending an email to somebody saying, don't forget your paperwork. It's just, it really isn't going to have the impact. First thing is you might wake that person up depending on what time zone they're in. And now they're grumpy and they're, you know, their wife's grumpy too. Uh, but secondly, uh, it doesn't drive the, the uh, adoption of a platform and the improvement of safety culture. But how about if, I got to a yard and was picking up a company vehicle, the fleet yard, 
And at 7.30 in the morning when I stepped inside that yard and was there for, let's just say, five minutes, we had a technology and we could enable geofencing to say you're inside this ring, inside this area, and automated to your mobile device at that moment, not before you got there, not after you've left, but during that time frame, said, good morning, uh, please don't forget your vehicle inspection form today. So let me unpack a part of that. I, cause I, I am familiar with geofencing. We use it on the marketing side where we can target you know, a certain trade show or whatever. You can actually punch in coordinates of when this device enters this gate, you know, trigger this action. So that's, and so the goal of that, if I'm understanding correctly, is not that they get another email. It's that we know what action you're about to take. So now let me, let me give you this relevant bit of instruction. That's so it exactly, hits at the right time. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. And and we actually don't do it through email. We just do it in your mobile app. Even better. It just pops up. Even right? better. Touch mm -hmm. here. Please complete the form. Now we have a record that Bob was in this location, and we expected Bob to take this action. If Bob did it, that's fantastic. But if Bob didn't do it for three days, maybe we want to have a conversation with Bob to improve the safety performance of the organization. Conversely, if Jeff and I are both welders, we talked about keeping credentials inside our, our platform. If Jeff and I are both welders and pulling data from our HR systems, uh, we know that Jeff and Cam have both worked for 200 hours over the last month uh, performing tasks. And, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff's done a really, really good job uh, of delivering hot work permits. So he's, he's done 45 hot work permits over the last 30 days. And Cam hasn't done such a good job. He's done three. We know that Cam and Jeff have worked very, very close to each other inside the same location for that period of time. So we can send an automated notification to Cam reminding him of uh, the actions we'd like him to take when performing certain tasks. We can also inform Cam's management uh, that this has been something that's been addressed with Cam and, and directly schedule uh, a meeting uh, four days later between Cam and his management just to make sure that the Cam's back on track. So now based on somebody's role, credential, or in the previous example, their whereabouts, we can start to drive and improve that safety culture without blasting email at people that, that is not, that is just not effective. It takes some of the feeling out of it. You know, yeah. th th we have policies that we're trying to adhere to it. Let's, let's see if we can bring everybody up to the same level. But you're also using the technology to help re, instead of an admin, uh, whatever individual role, you're able to redeploy that person to a more high pressing thing as opposed to saying, okay, I got to go look through every report and see wh who the outlier is. You set the triggers that says, hey, here's, these are, this is the behavior we want baseline across yourself or maybe across an industry, depending on the data you have, to be able to say, hey, let's help automate. How do I compare to all my peers as well as in the company, as well as maybe another company to be able to say, how do I go give baseline information? Say, are we doing good or bad? Right, so you're automating that capabilities by having the data, but ultimately you got to get the data. So getting it easy to use gives you, helps you drive the data, which then helps improve your algorithms and then trigger that automated notifications, as opposed to expecting somebody who is diving through the data to say, "Yeah, I caught it." How do we help leverage that um, and and really drive that safety culture or any other aspects of your organization? Because now you've got information. Anytime you can automate success, I think you should take that. I mean, that, that sounds like you take a little bit of the human element out of it just so you can set expectations and make sure that they're actually being hit, like you said, as opposed to just digging through forms. Um, you know, I know that 
you know, my world here is Houston Oil and Gas. Do you guys see a lot of application in different industries? Are you are you already in different industries? What's what's the goal there? Yeah, it's 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 a really good question. So certainly we 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 grew up in Calgary, right? And so certainly the energy sector is a, a dominant sector as it is here in in Texas. But our ideal client really has has three attributes, and so we we do span across various industries. Um, now the first attribute they have is they they make their money off of things, not people. Things, right? So mm-hmm. assets, they're asset based businesses. Number two, uh, they have a rural component, so they don't just operate in metro centers. Safety gets more difficult uh, the further away from a metro center that you that you you go many times. Um, and then finally, uh, in the first paragraph of the annual report, the CEOs of our ideal clients, uh, she or he, uses the word safety. So when things go badly in their business, you know events happen. And so you know, so when you look at the addressable market. Uh, for for our platform, now we start to talk about the utility space, right? We start to talk about remote uh, healthcare. We start to talk about uh, education, and um, you know other other industries. But we have clients today that are in the environmental industry. Uh, we have clients today that are in the land business, uh, the surveying business, uh, clients in the grain business, transportation business. These are all uh, clients that we uh, we value very much. Transportation is literally everywhere. That's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, yeah. It's everywhere. It's remote, and it, it encompasses everything we do. Right. Yeah. You bet. It, you bet it does. And and you know the, the transportation organizations were early adopters of technology, uh, and what I'll call first generation Internet of Things technology, where they put sensors in the vehicles because they want to know about the vehicle. They want to know about maintenance schedules and acceleration and hard braking and swerving and those those items organizations have now taken the step in kind of the next generation of what we'll call the internet of things and they're now concerned about the person right not just the asset and that's that's where we've had great success with the transportation organizations interesting um so how did this come to be what is is there a quick origin story you can you can give us obviously it's a good idea you know, who came up with it? How, how long did it take you guys to, to build this thing and, and get it out there? Yeah, it's a great question. So we'll be seven years old next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been, uh, uh, had the pleasure of leading the organization for the last, the last three, three years of, of that time frame. But uh, originally there were two founders, Paul Aberley and uh, Alan Bradley. And Alan was a landman. And Alan got in a, uh, a situation with a, uh, a landowner around imminent domain. And uh, uh, conversations were had. And uh, the landowner uh, pulled a gun on Al. Interesting. Spelling event. That would so, be, be an event. Yeah, yeah we, 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 call, we call that an event. Yeah. And so Al said, well, there's got to be a better way. Like yeah. nobody knew where I was. Nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody knew where I was going. Uh, there's got to be a better way. Okay. And uh, Paul, who's a control systems engineer, said, that's a good idea. But while we have the device in the hands of the field worker, how do we get more value back? for the organization? How do we digitize and drive workflow um, of, of these, all these paper-based activities that are taking out in the field? And so the two of them came together, uh, started the organization out of their garage, as we, as we like to say, um, and uh, grew the organization uh, to, to a, a very, very strong point. And then, uh, you know, um, I got involved with, uh, with, with those two fine gents and, uh, uh, the rest is history. 
Assuming there's not a gun button on this app. There, 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 there is not a gun <laughs> button, but there, there is there is a, a silent alarm inside the platform, okay. right? Yeah. Where you don't have the ability to actually call somebody and say, I'm in trouble mm -hmm. because you're looking somebody in the eye and you're just a little slide left to right and we'll send that same message for you. Thought of everything then. Uh, you know, not maybe not everything yet. We continue to invest and uh, innovate with our clients, which is which is the most exciting part for me. Uh, but uh, I would I would submit to you that we have a uh, a robust enterprise platform, um, and you know when you when you've been doing this for for a number of years, the experience of your clients becomes uh, becomes your best uh, source of of great ideas. So, do you have any? Are, are there any new launches on the horizon? Any new features that you want to debut on the uh, on the highly capable podcast, or is that still TBD? No, it's really really good question. So I think where you'll where you'll see our organization continuing to grow is you'll see us continuing to make the platform easier for the field worker, and when we do that, we're going to continue to drive adoption and easier change management for the next wave of field workers that's coming in behind the current. And those will be younger. Those will be uh, different genders. Uh, those folks will have diversity uh, of background, skills, culture, and, and the like. And so we want to make sure that we continue to drive that that innovation uh, for for inclusiveness. And so hammer on the user experience. Yeah. Yeah. So user experience is is a tremendous area. And then you'll start to see us form some uh, some partnerships. Some of which we already have with some of the largest organizations in the world on the technology side, IBM and others. And you'll start to see us um, build, build out uh, those integration points around wearable technologies, right? Things that measure heart rate, blood pressure, uh, sensors and hard hats that measure stress, uh, blinkable technologies that sit on top of a dashboard that merit measure early signs of fatigue. Yeah, those types of those types of things, and that's what you can do when you develop a robust enterprise platform that works across multiple technologies, Android, iOS, and Windows. Is those those are the the opportunities that are in front of you? Some biometric components. Correct. Yeah. We will not be a hardware company, mm -hmm. right? You you know that that is that is there are companies that do that very very well, but the integration of those platforms are what the largest enterprises are asking for, and so that's one area we'll invest is on the, those integration points. And the second is on, once we get the data in, what are we going to do with that data? How are we going to drive insights, trends, reporting? Can we take that data, anonymize it, and then work with our clients to talk to them about how they're comparing against industry peers, right? And, and for every dollar they put into safety, what are they getting back versus their industry peers? And, and make sure that this becomes a, a board-level conversation about the investments uh, that organizations uh, need to make to keep their their most valuable asset, their people, safe. That's that's an intelligent way to do it. You're not just a you're not just trying to simplify you know reporting. You're actually trying to provide a strategic advantage to your customers, and that's that's a, what I call a winning strategy. I think you know if if, if I can adopt a, a piece of technology that's going to give me a competitive advantage, then I mean, what's the argument there, right? I mean, Jeff's job is too easy at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. But I think there's an interesting aspect there about the, the advantage of a cloud or a software as a service capabilities is it allows you the the smaller organization to take advantage of all the great lessons learned from the bigger organizations and quickly implement those lessons learned in an organization or 
in a manufacturing space, what's best practices in these cases, and slowly change the culture by minor little tweaks in, in, in the way the data you're collecting and how you're presenting it or the reminders you sent uh, to the organization say, we really want to get to level 10, but we're at level two. So how do we slowly move the organization by changing little aspects of it that have been developed by the biggest organizations in the world? So how does a small player, uh, size or people count, not small as an important, so please don't get me wrong there, but how do they benefit from all those lessons learned uh, and, and leverage that to drive their evolution of a culture? And if I'm a large enterprise operator or uh, and, and have a number of vendors, how do I overall raise and elevate all of my vendors to the same level? Other than, and, and if we can give them a platform to be able to do that, it helps drive that behavior much faster. And the end result is the customer has a stabilized quality as well as safety platform capability that everybody's using. Because when you look at it, large organizations have an infinite, theoretically, an infinite amount of dollars to invest in a safety culture and the small player doesn't. And the chain breaks at the weakest link. So if I'm one of the bigger organizations, I want everybody playing on the same playing field and this is one way to help improve that process. And the ultimate goal is everybody wins, everybody goes home safe, which is Vitally important, as well as capture ESG components and all those pieces that go on, which everybody needs today, especially in the oil and gas space. Well, I'm cognizant that I've, I've, I'm, I'm absorbing enough of your time already, so I do want to. I think it's time for for this to wrap up, but I, I want to give you one last opportunity to maybe share some insight with with people that might be listening as as far as what you guys are looking for in in personnel. Um, what you know, if, if you want one last takeaway for potential customers. Um, or just any advice for for somebody young and, and interested in, in getting involved? The thing I'll take, and, and then we'll jump over to Cam. This was a bit of a pivot, right? So I came out of a tremendous organization, a, one of the biggest players on the planet as far as oil field service, and uh, you know the pandemic's given me the opportunity to rethink who I am and take a take a chance with a fantastic organization. And I think there have been a lot of people in the same kind of place that COVID shifted my career path a little bit. Um, I would encourage people not to be afraid to take that leap and find one, find a great organization, find the right people to, to, to play with, right? For lack of a better word. Um, and, and, and bet on yourself, which is where I think the unique piece for me being employee one in the U S is a, it's an exciting opportunity versus being an army of a thousands. I'm making, uh, I'm making a bet on myself with a great team behind me with a great organization and a great product. I'm excited about that. So I would encourage folks to look for those opportunities to pivot. And that's what COVID has forced on a lot of folks. Um, and I'm excited about it and looking to add a few, a few clients as well as a few uh, team members to the group. Uh, if you're excited about a fast-paced uh, organization, uh, please get in touch with me. Investors and believe in yourself, that's it's, it's a big deal. I think a lot of people are, you know, myself included over the years, you know, we've all been in the position where this, I can do this, I know how to do this, I don't know what necessarily exists over here. Um, and like you said, if there is a silver lining to COVID, Besides the fact that you know working remotely is now a bigger option, um, the silver lining is I think a lot of people got to try to make that pivot, and, and I think a lot of people are going to be super successful at it, like yourself. So, so 
No, Frank, just, you know, really want to thank you for, for opening up your, your, your facilities to us today. To it's have, a great, great studio, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like a man cave. Yeah. Really that's, that's is, where right? we'll, you know, next time we'll have you, you know, in time for happy hour. Not, not so early. In the yeah. Morning, not, but. not so early. Right. But, but, but overall, um, you know, again, thanks, thanks for having us. Um, you know, we're, we're here to digitally transform, uh, the at-risk worker field experience. And, you know, each and every day when we get up, we take that, that responsibility very, very seriously. Uh, and, and we have the, the, the honor and the privilege of, of working with some of the largest organizations uh, on, on the planet. And, um, you know, really excited to, to be uh, now launched in the U.S. Uh, you know, we thought about it in, in March of, of 2020. And, and uh, you know, now we've, we've executed uh, later in the year than, than we initially planned. But now that we're here, we're, we're excited to be here and, uh, you know, we're, we're nimble enough to, to work with those organizations to understand, um, you know, their, their business outcomes and deliver that value in, in a short timeframe. Digital transformation technologies don't need to take 18 months to deploy, right? And um, as we go on these journey, this journey with our clients, uh, you know, we're showing immediate value inside of 45 to 60 days, which which has organizations with a, with a much stronger appetite than they may have had, you know, three, four, five years ago. So, look forward to uh, to meeting all the folks down in here in uh, in Texas. Great to have Jeff on board. Thanks again for hosting. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you very much, Frank. I, 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 have, I have high hopes for you. Appreciate it. If you have any questions, nominations, or suggestions, please reach out to us on the Highly Capable Podcast on LinkedIn or at podcast at gaultwayindustries.com. Thank you for listening.